Hello, and welcome to this episode of Fathom in Conversation, a new economics podcast. This is brought to you by Fathom Consulting, an independent research consultancy specializing in macroeconomics, geopolitics, and financial markets. In this series, titled The Rise of China, we explore the emergence of China, its extraordinary economic boom, and the impact that's had on the rest of the world. Each episode features an in-depth discussion with Fathom's team of economists, who use their knowledge and expertise to provide insights into the Chinese economy. Episode 8, China, ready for a diet. Hi, I'm Andrew Harris, and I'm joined today by my colleague Joanna Davies. Hi, Andrew. Who's here to discuss China's need for an economic diet. Last time, we took a step back and looked at China's position within the global economy. Today, we're back focusing on the domestic economy again. We've called this episode, China, Ready for a Diet. But Joanna, that's a very unusual title for an episode of an economics podcast. (laughs) It is. So we feel that China has had years of overindulging now um, and delaying the pain. So what do we mean by that? We mean that essentially China has continued to do what it knows best. So leaning against its old growth model, that's things like uh, export, fueled growth, investment, credit driven, rather than uh, a, a new model growth that's more consumer heavy, for example. The problem with that and the reason we say it's overindulging is because that growth tactic is losing both steam and favour. So steam, what we mean is bang for its buck, just the sheer amount of investment going in is returning less in terms of GDP. And favour, what we mean is the push that we've seen against the rising tide of globalisation. So that's been expressed in things like Brexit and also the election of Donald Trump, whose campaign contained an incredible amount of anti-China rhetoric. So if I were president of the United States... And I was sitting in the Oval Office looking for signs that China might at last be moving away from this old growth model. How could I go about that? Is there some kind of measure or indicator that I could be looking at? Yeah, so we've created a measure for exactly that reason. That's called our China Growth Strategy, our CGS for short. And it contains four different metrics, which essentially focus on whether China's managing to rebalance externally. So what's it exporting? Is it exporting the right type of good? So, for example, we look at high-end goods, which is part of what China's trying to pursue more recently. Um, we also look at internal rebalancing. So is there more consumer-driven growth rather than old model like investment? And we also look in terms of financial rebalancing. And we aggregate all of those and that gives us a final measure of new growth or old growth. Is China doubling down or rebalancing? So what does this China growth strategy indicate this CGS? What does it show? Well, China isn't moving in the right direction. It's doubling down again um, in response to weakening growth. But I think what's really interesting is just drawing on the 0809 episode. So I think it's widely accepted now that China doubled down at that point in time, opened the credit taps, fueling an investment splurge so large that growth slowed only momentarily. And in doing so, it meant that China managed to avoid the economic recession, the downturn that most other economies experienced at that time. But what it did is added to the excesses in China's economy and its high debt to GDP ratio. 
So shortly after, China tried to rebalance, so reining back on some of the shadow financing that had been set loose. Um, problem being, China's economy then slowed. So then they start to double it down again. And that's resulted in something that we call China's hokey-cokey approach to reform. So sort of on, off, in, out. Um, and we've written about that in a newsletter. Yeah, so this hokey-cokey approach that you've described, it's, it's a bit like every time someone goes on a diet, so... You know, they've committed to eating healthy, but they're walking down the road and they see a chicken shop or a nice pizza parlor and they think, oh, I could go in and <laughs> get myself a quick dinner. And they go in and, of course, they don't do themselves any good. So they, they eat the unhealthy food and then they don't go on the diet. And that's the kind of analogy that you're alluding to with this hokey-cokey approach to rebalancing. So I guess the natural question stemming from this is, has any economy, any other economy, successfully gone through this process of rebalancing, going on the diet and come through to the other end of that? Yeah, but it's a case of there's no gain without pain, just sort of returning back to the whole dieting and fitness analogy. Um, so we've looked at a collection of emerging market economies that have managed to rebalance. And not only does growth suffer in the immediate aftermath of that rebalancing, but also even after that initial impact, growth tends to be on average around one and a half percentage points weaker than, than prior to that period. So given that you'll have lower growth and you'll have to go through the pain of rebalancing going on this diet, what ultimately is the advantage of doing that? So actually, that's a really good question. And I think there's probably a couple of answers to that so one is that by doing this difficult transition at least they managed to avoid a credit crisis which would ultimately result in more pain at least in the short term so in the form of a recession or something perhaps uh, and also growth is slowing already because its current growth models losing steam so ultimately it's going to have to make this transition so ultimately it sounds like rebalancing or dieting is a path that china will eventually have to take one way or another and with that, we come to the end of our episode. This time, we've discussed China's desire to rebalance, but also its fear of doing so, leading to what we've likened to a hokey-cokey approach to reform. So on that note, I'd like to thank Joanna for joining me. Thank you. Next time, we'll discuss what happened in 2015, a recent example of when China's attempts to rebalance went horribly wrong and policymakers were forced to pull out all the stops to avoid a major crisis. If you're interested in the topics covered in this episode, why not check out the research note on our website titled China's Hokey-Cokey Approach to Reform. To read any of the material referenced in this episode or any other, go to the podcast section of our website at fathom-consulting.com where you can find the show notes. And make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on any future content. Thank you for listening to Fathom in Conversation. This podcast is brought to you by the team at Fathom Consulting, presented by me, Andrew Harris, and both edited and produced by Liara Gabai. Fathom is an independent consultancy specializing in global macroeconomics, geopolitics, and financial market research. Our economists also produce in-depth research in China, and we have built a suite of analytical indicators specifically to monitor the Chinese economy. To find out more about our research and bespoke consultancy work, go to fathom-consulting.com. If you're interested in the data side of things, check out Fathom's chart book on Refinitiv's data stream and icon platform. This is our library of over 9,000 ready-made charts containing up-to-date global, macroeconomic and financial market data. Simply type CBook into your icon search bar to find out more. From all of us here at Fathom, thanks for listening to Fathom in Conversation.